Is this the one that I use? Okay. Um, today's preschool Sunday, so I actually made a message on uh, the importance of children, or I thought it was going to be on the importance of children, but I was, as I was going through the scripture, uh, God started, hey, David! Everybody say hi to David. Um, wow, long time to see. Um, he's, he works on Kauai, and so he, he's probably just here for the weekend, but good to have you here. Um, where was I? Um, <laughs> where, right, so, um, so I, I took a scripture, started uh, reading through it, and, and God started speaking something a little bit different uh, than, than what I thought he was going to share. So it's kind of a, um, a, a tweak to this scripture, and I, I think that you guys will, um, will be blessed by it this morning. Um, how many of you feel that you put God in the top 10% of your life as priority of your life. How many? I mean, you guys are here on Sunday. It's the first day of the week. You could be anywhere. You could be at the beach, but instead you're at church. You could be working on your house. You could be doing other stuff, but you're here. So how many of you think you put God pretty high up on your priority list? You can raise your hand. It's not prideful in church to, okay. I'm going to talk to you about something that convicted me a little bit because I feel I put God pretty high up on the list, but um, one of the ways that God really tests whether we love him or not is not in the time that we margin out for him and we plan our day or plan our week and put him in that, that block of time, but sometimes he interrupts. Everyone say interrupts. Interrupts our schedule and it's when we are able to be interrupted that it really shows how much we prioritize God. We all have our plans. We all have our desires of what we want to do in the future and what we want to do right now in life. But when we allow God to break into those plans, that's when we really show God that we trust him and we're sacrificing and we, want, and we prioritize him in our lives. How, how many understand what, I, what I'm saying? I'm... I'm, before we jump into the message, I want to give an illustration of this. How many of you appreciate Zach uh, Federvero? Wow, look at how many people love you, Zach. They're all clapping. Um, Zach's a, a good friend. Uh, he, I've, I've known him since he was in high school, and, and uh, he helps me out a lot whenever there's, you know, worship or anything that needs to be done around the church. Um, but there was one day that... I interrupted his schedule, and I, I want to show you this, uh, this video clip right here. Do we have that in there? Can we play that? The first one with uh, I'm talking. You can turn the volume, We're volume up on that. at the beach, and we are stuck in the sand. Can you guys hear? So Zach is going to help us because my wife didn't want to come down. Okay, you can flip to the next video. A book of memory in remembrance of, of, of Zach's sacrifice. Why don't you give Zach a hand? So I called him out of, in the middle of nowhere, late afternoon, and I remember, uh, I said, Zach, I really need your help. I'm stuck down here. It's, it's going to get dark pretty soon. And he actually had his dad with him. And his dad 
sacrificed his time to come and help pull me out of the sand. And, and that spoke to me because it wasn't a planned event. It was an unplanned event that he had to drop everything that he was doing, show up at the beach, and pull me out of the sand. Thank you, Zach. Where's Zach? Oh, thank you, Zach. Can we give another hand for Zach? Okay. So let's read this scripture, and then we'll open in a word of prayer. So the, the, the title is interrupted, but I would call it invaluable interruptions. Invaluable interruptions. Let's, let's read this scripture together, and then we'll open in prayer. One, two, three. Then... Children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked the people. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for such belongs to the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. God, we just thank you for your word and what you communicate to us through your word. And so many times the things that we see in scripture, uh, the obvious things, speak to us, but there's so many things that are behind the scripture that, that the gems are, are in there that reveal your heart. And so, God, we just pray that you would speak to us this morning, help us to, um, to hear what you're saying, and then give us the grace to not just hear it, but to understand who you are so that we can reflect that in everything that we do in life. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. Um, I, I'm a parent. This is Preschool Sunday. Um, this is a picture of us. We just were, uh, every, this is the first time that we've gone to the hotel as a staycation uh, for over two years because of the pandemic and all these other things. Um, and you'll notice there, should I go to the other picture? You'll notice there that there's only two children with us. And normally when we'd go to do a staycation, there would be four, but there is only two. And it's the first time that we've done a staycation with only two of our kids. Everybody say, oh. Uh, it, it was sad. When I started thinking about it, it was really sad. And I started thinking about, you know, you know, Alexis and Caden. Caden was working. He couldn't be with us. Alexis is off in college doing her thing. And one day, this will be one kid, and then it will just be me and Joss, and then I'll be like, yay. Um, but but I, I started thinking, and as I was reading this verse, um, there's been times in our in in my life, especially like one that sticks out when I think about interruptions. Uh, Alexis, when she was a, a small little baby, like preschool age, she would come to our room at three o'clock every morning. Two o'clock, three o'clock every morning, knock on the, no, the door wasn't locked. We didn't, we started locking the door after that. <laughs> Isn't that bad? <laughs> parents locking their kids out of the, we're terrible parents. Anyway, the, the door is open. She would come in and she would say, I want to kiss and hug. I want to kiss and hug. And it was nice, you know, for the first couple of nights. After that, it just became like, go to bed. <laughs> Stop waking us up. And like probably the fifth time that she did it, I want to kiss and hug. I, I actually like said, if you come in here again, you're going to get licked. <laughs> and we locked the door. And, and then she stopped com coming into our room. And I, I think about that. I'm like, that was an interruption. But I wish now I had the chance to kiss and hug my daughter. Kind of sad, but, but those are interruptions that I, I, I didn't have time for. I wanted sleep. Now, I don't care about sleep as much, and I, I, I want to hang out with my kids more because I'm older, and I actually get sleep. So, um, and, I, and I, remember, um, I remember the way that interruptions affected me when I was a kid 
my, one of the things that my dad made a value in our house was that we could call him at any time. And so I never felt I was interrupting him. He would be counseling people and in a meeting, and I could call, and he'd always answer the phone. And then, you know, maybe 30 seconds into it, he'd say, hey, I'm in a meeting, but, um, but if you need anything, what do you need? You know, and, and so I knew I was priority, and it spoke volumes of my value in his life. Um, in the same way, when I was reading through Jesus' life, a lot of Jesus' ministry, if you look through his interactions with people, they were all interruptions. Everyone say interruptions. And you have to wonder why all of these scriptures in, in the Bible record interruptions. Um, you know, the guy that was uh, dug through the roof, that was an interruption to his sermon. You know, can you imagine if, like, I'm preaching and some guy starts, like, digging through the ceiling? That's a, kind of an interruption, right? The woman with the issue of blood, she reached out and touched him. That wasn't planned. Uh, Jesus was on his way, and there was the blind man, Bartimaeus, on the side of the road saying, have mercy on me. It wasn't a scheduled thing. It was an interruption. All these different things were interruptions in his life, but when he allowed himself to be interrupted, he communicated to them that he valued them more than what he was going to do. Isn't that cool that God loves us that much? And I realized that you cannot interrupt Jesus' agenda because you are his agenda. Oh, isn't that good? Tell the person next to you, you are God's agenda. You are God's agenda. You can't bother Jesus. So the first point, you, you cannot interrupt Jesus' agenda. You are his agenda. When you read through the scripture, it says, then. Everybody say, then. Then. So that means that Jesus is doing something before. If you read the scripture, it talks about Jesus giving a sermon and, you know, he's doing ministry. And then. Everyone say, then. And then. All these parents started bringing their kids. Because I was reading this scripture and I was like, man, the disciples are such idiots. You know, like, you, you read it and it says, then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. It says, but the disciples rebuked them. And, and everybody reads that and says, man, these disciples are such jerks. Like, they're just kicking the children out of priests, like, out of the, the ministry. And they, they just want to shoo them away. They have no value for children. And kind of like me with Alexis, shooing her out of my bedroom. And, and then Jesus says, let the children come to me. Do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. So as I was reading this, I started realizing when I saw the word then, that they were probably really tired. They had just finished ministry, and then it's at, at the very end of these three verses, it says, and they departed from there. They had plans. Now, after you minister, you want to go get lunch. And that, that's what I think was going on here. The disciples were hungry. They were tired. They just f finished listening to Jesus for I don't know how many hours, right? Jesus has closed his sermon. He says, finally, last point, last point, last point. And then there's like, you know, this... And then, and then after everything's done and they're ready to go to Chick-fil-A, all these parents come with their kids. And the disciples are like, no, cancel this. Get the kids out of here. We're hungry. We've already ministered to you. Let us go. And Jesus, instead of listening to the disciples, he says, no, let them come. And then he lays his hands on them and it says, and then they departed. They didn't interrupt his agenda. They were his agenda. 
Is that cool? Chick-fil-A is not open on Sunday. <laughs> thank, thank, you. thank you. Chick-fil-A is not open on Sundays. Um, yeah, so why did they open next to uh, King's Cathedral? It's not going to do them any good. Um, let the children come unto me. Okay, so um, number two, interruptions, impact versus inconvenience. Then he laid his hands on them and went his way. He had a plan. Um, it's interesting. It says, and then he went his way. We don't know exactly where he went right after that, what their plans were. The next thing we see is that he's with, um, he's with uh, uh, somebody that's he's counseling, a rich young ruler. Uh, but we don't know if he went straight there. Um, so history does not tell us where they went next. We only know how Jesus responded to the interruption. And we know that he valued and loved children. When we allow ourselves to be interrupted, we communicate love. And this can change history. And, and what I mean by that is we don't really know what their plans were. It's not really clear exactly where they went after they left. What we know is how he responded to the interruption. And that one thing, it communicated that Jesus loves children, so much so that we write songs about it. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. How do we know that? Because this scripture. This scripture changed our perspective of children. And in, in history in general, if you see the value of children, like children's labor laws and the value of life and the sanctity of life and all of the things that we understand now, they came from Judeo-Christian foundations of nations that believed in, in Christ and what he preached. And so this one story, this one interruption actually changed history in many, many ways and changed the lives of kids all over the world because he allowed himself to be interrupted. Isn't that an amazing insight? That the disciples had something on their minds that they thought was important. That was more important than Jesus laying hands on the kids and bless them. And, and what Jesus did when he laid his hands and blessed them, that was something. But the, the greater thing in that was that he communicated value. In, in, in his action to be willing to be interrupted, he, cre he communicated that he valued them more than what they were going to do. And that changed world history. Isn't that crazy? And so when we allow ourselves to be interrupted, a lot of times it's not so much the action, but it's what we communicate through the action that can change, maybe not the world, but it can change someone's world. It can change someone's life when they understand that you care. Um, I want to call Zach up. He wants, I, I wanted him to share uh, how somebody who allowed themselves to be interrupted changed his life. So. Thank you. Okay, can you throw the picture up of Zakai? Ready. That's my son. He, he was born uh, about a month ago, and we had a pretty scary experience with that. And so I'm just going to tell you one part of that story. We found out that, or at the time I didn't know, but there were complications. Nurse, the four nurses came into the room. 
the doctor just got out of surgery. He ran into the room. He's on Mickey's bed with his hand up inside of her, and they're kicking trash cans and chairs out of the way to get her out, okay? And I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? And she's in pain because she hasn't gotten her epidural yet. She is not having it. And we kept waiting and waiting and waiting for an anesthesiologist to get out of surgery. And there were two on, uh, on the, the roll. I don't know. They were, they were working that night. And they were both in surgeries. And both surgeries were taking way longer than expected. And so there's this complication. She's getting rushed into the operating room because... Zakai's heartbeat is like fading fast. It was in the 40s and dropping. And so she was either going to, she was probably going to have to get cut open without any, any anesthesia to, in order to save the baby. But 20 minutes ago, some of the nurses called another anesthesiologist that was not on and begged him to come in. And as soon as she was getting rushed in, he walked around the corner, like just fully prepped and ready to go. And he was able to give her the anesthesia so that she wouldn't feel the pain and anything. And it was just such a God thing that, you know, we're talking about interruptions. So this guy is at home. It's about 10 o'clock at night, probably ready to go to bed, and he's getting this call to come into work at 10 o'clock. And, and he chooses to come in, which saved Mickey a ton of pain and probably saved our baby. And so, you know, you never know what God is going to do through your life when you answer an interruption. You never know. Like something like that could happen. It's amazing. And, and during that time, uh, Zach called me, and we were praying for a miracle, that God would do a miracle, and, and sure enough, he did. Thank you, Doug. So God, he hears the big prayers. This is a big, this is a big prayer, and God answered it quickly. Uh, there's other details in that that really it was a miracle by the hand of God that, that Zakai's life was spared and that he's alive today. Um, when we have needs in our lives, it's never an interruption to God. Not in the big things, not in the small things. Everyone say small things. So in the big things, but also in the small things. You cannot interrupt God. Uh, be bold to pray and ask. Um, the scripture says, this is point three. Um, it says, then the children were brought before him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. Uh, the word then tells us that Jesus was at the end of his ministry. Then the parents came to ask for more. They were bold enough to ask for what they wanted. And, um, you know, a lot of times, especially in Hawaiian culture, we don't want to bother other people, right? You don't want to be a bother to someone. Even though I was stranded at the beach, I was kind of hesitant to call Zach because I didn't want to bother him. And if I knew that his dad was going to come, I probably wouldn't have called because I just didn't want to bother someone. But because we were stuck, it was like my last option. I had to, I had to get help. And, and so I, I, I called and I asked and I got help. 
that's a part of our culture. That's the, the way that we work. We don't want to bother other people. And there's so many people that I talk to that says, I don't, I don't pray because I just don't want to bother God. God has, like, lots of other stuff that he has to worry about. He doesn't need to worry about me. And when I reflect, like, we were, think, we were just singing this song, The Goodness of God. It's so weird how the mind works. But as we're singing that song, I start thinking of all the small things that God has done to show me he cares. It's not the big, huge things. It's the small things. Um, one, and I'm going to call Matt up. Um, everyone give a hand for Matt. Matt's in my small group, and if you ever get invited to my small group, um, the danger of being in my small group is that you're going to be asked to share all the miracles that God does in your life. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Matt share, and then I'll, I'll close with a story of how God answered a small prayer of mine as well. So give a hand for Matt. Okay, so, um, yeah, I got, I got short notice, 6.30 this morning, John calls me, I'm like, oh. <laughs> but, um, no, this story is pretty easy to tell because it's, um, it's, um, it was so real, um, so, I'll keep it short, um, you know, everybody, I don't know who has dogs here, everybody has dogs here, how many guys has dogs? All right, who has, who has dogs that, um, are indoor dogs that, live inside the house okay so you get more attached to these dogs like they're pretty much like your family so this is not my dog so I can tell it pretty easy <laughs> if it was my dog I'd be crying over here but um so what happened what happened was this is a few years ago right before the pandemic um and it's my mother-in-law's dog my wife's um mom's dog and parents dog um and this is right at December um the dog went missing. Um, so long story short, they came over to our house um, without without their dog, and um, they went home and they returned and um, their dog was missing. Um, so their dog Kaya um, went missing, and this I think the date was right around um, December 18th, around that time. So right before Christmas, and we're like, oh shoot, okay, like we got we rallied a team and we're all looking for the dog. So day one goes by and. I'm like, oh, this is getting serious. The dog didn't return, you know? And and day two goes by, and we're like, oh, okay. Like, what's going through my head is, like, I got to start praying and helping, you know, this dog get back. So I say a short prayer. And, and you know, we're all as a family. Everybody's going out. There's um, ads all over Facebook, you know, ho- you know, helping for the return of Kaya. And, you know, we're we're just trying and reaching out and, and it started getting really serious on the third day in the morning. And I was like, whoa, okay, this is going to definitely affect me now. And how it's going to affect me is like this is Christmas time. And we're all planning Christmas parties and that. And it's like a loss of a family member during Christmas almost. Like we're like, oh, what are we going to do, you know? So everybody's driving around in the morning. Um, this is the third day. And I'm like, oh, this is like, this is it. It's done, you know? And and so um, – we were um, driving, and I had a whole family. This is right before school. And my kids are, like, really sad. We're all sad, and we're like, okay. We're, I just clearly remember this day. So we're passing by St. Anthony School, and um, my um, in-laws live in Kahului. So we're passing by St. Anthony School. For some reason, we pull over, 
and we pray right by the graveyard by St. Anthony's School. And my daughter um, is praying, and we're all praying for the return of her. And my daughter is, um, I think she said the prayer, and she's just asking God to, um, you know, help this dog get revealed. So that prayer right there that day, that's that small, short prayer. Later, that literally that morning, I think it was that morning that um, my mother-in-law calls us up and says, hey, I think we found um, Kaya. And we're like, really? Like, I was shocked because I went to work. It was like 8.15, and that prayer was said like 7-something. But anyhow, um, when, we, um, when I got that word, like, I was like, no way. So anyway, this dog ended up being found in Wailuku Heights. And that dog walked up to a pastor's house in Wailuku Heights on the front doorstep. And because we had all these ads going on Facebook and whatnot, um, like the community kind of knew about it. So uh, this guy worked for our office and the, uh, he sent it to the office and he's like, hey, anybody know whose dog is this? And the girls in the office were like, yeah, we've seen it on Facebook and whatnot. And so, you know, it's just miraculous how this dog walks up to somebody's house. The guy is a pastor. Yet alone, the, the more detailed part of the story is they just lost their dog. So they just lost their dog. They had a house dog. And they were, like, just welcoming this dog and so nice. Like, it's amazing that a dog didn't walk up to somebody's house who doesn't like dogs or anything like that. But they welcomed that dog, and they reached out and made an effort and called. And so long story short, this was, like, an amazing Christmas gift to them, you know. And... And we were just, um, just so like amazed, like how God is real. Like that was like an unbelievable thing that happened. Like if that was like, um, I don't know. Like I was telling my mother-in-law guys, like that is like one of the huge miracles. I know John said, um, you know, these are small things we ask for God, but that was a huge thing that happened, um, and it's kind of life-changing, I think, for them and whatnot. And even for me, like, that opened my eyes up, like, whoa. That was just such a small prayer, and it was, like, unbelievable event that happened. So. <laughs> it's, 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 it's interesting because, you know, we think that when I look through life, and, and one of the things that communicated is the kids, the kids were praying for the dog, and for the kids to get their prayer answered about their dog is, you know, it shows to them that God loves them and cares about the small things that they care about. Um, when I was, when we were doing worship, the one thing that came to my mind, I don't know why, was, and I've told this story before, but um, I was going through one of the hardest times in my life, and it's, you know, I, I complain about it, and yeah, it was hard, but uh, it was the whole orange leaf season where I had to manage the shop and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I remember there was one night, and during the season, um, we lost our youth pastor. We lost our college-age pastor. Um, we lost the manager of orange leaf, my brother, because we didn't have money. So I was doing, like, all three of these jobs, working, like, you know, covering every, every area and was never home. And I finally got home, and... Um, it was late at night, and the person who was working called and said, we ran out of nickels. And, and they, didn't, they didn't have the key to the safe. So it was, like, late. I just got home. I was like, 
I'm the only person that can go back and unlock the safe to get some nickels. And I was like, God, I'm like over this. Like, I can't handle this already. This is so dumb. And I, I just threw out a prayer. I was like, God, get me some nickels. And I'm walking out of the door. I'm walking out of the door. I get a phone call. And I don't know if it was Zach. Were you working? Were you the ones working that night? I don't know who was working. Somebody was working that night. And they called and said, hey, John, somebody just came and they paid for their whole order in nickels. And I was like, Jesus, you love me. I felt so like that God knew exactly what I needed. And he, it was so small, but he answered the prayer. And, and I, when I'm reading through this scripture, it's, it's not so much the bigness of everything. Like all he did was he paused and he brought the children. And it says he laid his hands on them and went his way. I don't know how long that took. Probably was short. But it made such a huge impact on history. And, and I thought, that's the God that we serve. There's nothing too small for him. And he wants to communicate to us how much he loves us. And it's not just in the big things. It really is in the small things. And when we understand that, when we understand that, then we will be a correct reflection of God to the people around us. Because how many of you get interrupted by people around you? Can we have the worship team come up? Um, how, we all get interrupted by people around us. And a lot of times we say, like, that's such a small, like, thing. It's not important. Like, I have more important things to do, and, and we rush off to the next thing. But we don't understand that a lot of times it's the small things that we allow ourselves to get interrupted with that communicate that we care, that that person's small thing is important to us to where it could change their life. Isn't that amazing? And that God gives us the opportunity to represent him. And I feel in the, as we move into this next season that there are going to be people that's, that surround our lives that have needs and that, have, that are really looking to find out if, if God cares about them, if someone cares. And we've just come out of a season that's just so tense with emotion and division and strife and People are looking for peace. They're looking for hope. They're looking for love. And God has given us insight into his character and his nature so that we can reflect him. And we don't know how God is going to use those things to powerfully change somebody's world. And so I just want to encourage you that as we, as we, oh. That, <laughs> she interrupted me and that's fine. Interrupt as much as you want. Just, just don't break the ceiling. Um, can you just close your eyes? And as we close, as we close this morning, would you make yourself available to God to be interrupted? Sometimes it's going to be Him asking you and maybe a big way to surrender a dream, a plan, a hope, and to interrupt your plans, to interrupt your dreams. Sometimes he could interrupt you through a friend. 
and he's giving you the opportunity to make a huge difference in their life, even through a small thing. But one of the things the disciples didn't do is they didn't talk to God. They didn't ask God. They didn't, they didn't see the opportunity that was right in front of them with these kids. They just saw an interruption and they rebuked the kids. What would, have, what would it have been like if they stopped and, and just said, Jesus, is it okay? Is it okay? Would you be okay praying for these kids? I feel that's the heart that God wants us to have, is, is a heart that is in surrender. We don't have to answer every interruption, but I feel like God is challenging us to ask, to ask him and say, God, is this something that you want me to drop everything for and surrender to you? Could you just take a second, take a couple seconds right now and surrender yourself to God? Say, God, use me. I'm open. I've given you blocks of time. I've surrendered this Sunday to you. But God, I want to surrender my plans to you. I want to surrender my life to you. I want to be open to be interrupted so that you can work through me so I can represent you to my world. Can you just pray? If that's you this morning and you've you've said that prayer of surrender, that in this next season you want God to interrupt your well-planned life, um, I just invite you, you don't have to, this is completely up to you, but just want to invite you as a response uh, of that, that uh, you can stand and we're just going to sing this song in closing, um, singing of the goodness of God, that you would be a reflection of the goodness of God to someone in your life. And that your eyes are focused on us, your vision is us. And Lord, that we cannot interrupt your agenda because we are your agenda. That there's nothing that's too small or too big for you. And God, we just surrender ourselves to you. God, I just pray for every single one that has surrendered their lives to you this morning to be open to be interrupted. Lord, that we would see your hand move through our lives and not just see your goodness in our lives, but God, that we would see you use us to be a demonstration of your love and your heart for those around us this year. God, we pray that you would go with every single one of us. Lord, those that are uh, in different places of life where uh, there are specific needs and there are there are areas where they need to see you break through into their lives. God, I just pray that you would show yourself real. God, that you would uh, that you would draw close to every single one. You said that as we draw near to you, you would draw near to us. And God, we, we pray that, that we would be a reflection collectively of your heart and your hand for our community and the people around us. We thank you for all of these things in Jesus' wonderful name. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face turn to you and be gracious to you. May his face shine upon you and give you his peace. Have a great week. and God bless you.